You guys over there, the teenage section over there. Hey, uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Clayton, the pastor here at Central. Um, thank you for being here today. Uh, today is a very, very special day. Um, first off, it's special because my sermon is going to be a maximum of 15 minutes. I promise. I've got a, yes, y'all can clap for that too. I got a giant clock back there, a timer, and I'm already at 25 seconds. I better keep going. Um, so uh, we got uh, a lot of stuff happening today. And one of the reasons it's, it's a shorter sermon today is because the other special part about today is that it is Commitment Sunday. And so if you are a guest with us today, I um, just want to let you know that as a church, we have been praying about for, for several months um, going through and getting prepared for a, a day where we uh, pledge as church members our commitment to uh, this capital campaign that we call Made for More. And so you're going to be hearing about that here in just a little bit as we come together as a church. Uh, but it's a special day, something we're excited about and ready for what's next um, for us. And it's honestly, it's an opportunity for us to, to write the story of, of us as being people of, of Central. And it's a story that's going to be told for, for many, many years to come. And people's lives will be changed for, for many, many years um, to come. But I'd like to start off today by telling you another story about someone, a famous guy. You might not know him, but uh, in the in 1500s, in 1519, there was this Spanish explorer named Hernan Cortez. And I don't know if you know about this guy, um, but he was a, a commander of this this group of Spanish explorers and soldiers who went from Europe, from Spain, and they traveled to the New World across the Atlantic Ocean. They had 11 ships that, that made it all the way across, and they landed in present-day Mexico. And there was a, a big problem. You see, there was only 600 of them, but there was 5 million of the Aztec people. That's 7,500 to 1 odds. The odds were not very good for this group. And so what happened was is they got scared. They, got, they hesitated. And they, they spent m- many, many weeks just going up and down the coast. They were scared to go inland because the capital, the Aztec capital, is about 200 miles inland. And so they just kind of, just kind of uh, poked and prodded along, along the shore and just went back and forth on their ships and nothing was happening. And Cortez realized that nothing was happening. And the people, the, his crew, they were becoming exhausted. The, the, the natives didn't like them and they didn't know what to do. They were, in fact, at a moment of crisis where they could, had to make a decision. They could either stay where they're at and just continue up and down the coast or they could actually go back home where there was safety. But Cortez would have none of it. Instead, he got a torch, and he burned all 11 ships that were at harbor. And he burned them to tell his, his crew that there is, there's no going back, you know? There's no turning back. It is a, a moment where they were going to either have to fight or they were going to, to die, and so they chose to fight. And two years later, they conquered that, the entire um, Aztec empire. Crazy story of this leader saying, we're not going back. And he, he, he took their only escape route, and they had to face their fears head on. And I believe there comes a, a point in the Christian life where you're either going to turn back or move forward. You're either going to Go back to the way you were living, or you're going to burn your ships. 
In fact, following Jesus is a burn your ships kind of lifestyle. And I think it's important for us to realize that today because a lot of people see the Christian lifestyle or they're, they're, they're sold a bill of goods, goods that when you become a believer in Christ, everything's going to be great. Your life's going to be perfect. You'll have everything you want and God will take care of you and all that kind of stuff. Now, it's true that God will take care of you, but he does not guarantee that it will be easy. In fact, he guarantees that it will be hard. I can't sugarcoat today. It's not going to be easy to follow Jesus. In fact, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 16. I want to just look at this today. The Bible says, and Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple, he's talking to people that were, they were like, hey, I might want to follow you, okay? He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now, let me say, there is, there's no greater calling in this life than being a disciple of Jesus. There's no greater calling than that. But let me say this, it will cost you everything. It'll cost you everything. Everything that you think brings you life and purpose and meaning, you must burn. You got to burn it. That's what, this, that's what Jesus is saying here. In fact, there are three different ships that Jesus is talking about here of, of ships that we must burn if we're really going to follow after, after Jesus. And today, I want to invite you to put a match to the first ship. And the first ship is the ship of self-importance. In fact, Jesus says it right here at the very beginning of that verse. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. This is you burning the ship of you being all important in your life. In fact, Jesus says this is a requirement for following him. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must, you must reject and get rid of selfishness. And that's kind of hard to do because you think about it, selfishness is the definition of us. Isn't it? I mean, whether you're a little kid or an adult, every single person in this room, we are naturally selfish, aren't we? That's exactly who we are. And so Jesus is saying, you got to deny yourself. If you want to really truly follow me, you got to get rid of selfishness. You must say no to you being on your throne in your own life. Because we love to sit on our own throne in life as if it is all about us. And Jesus shows us exactly how to do that when he When he washed his disciples' feet, he was the perfect example of someone who who legitimately had a throne, and he got off of it for other people. And Paul explains what it it looks like. There's a a place in Philippians, Philippians chapter 3, where Paul is giving the list of all of his accomplishments. And he's saying, guys, look at this. My resume is really long. I am an incredible human being. That's what he's talking about. Like, my my past was that way. This this is what defined me. This is who I I was. It was all about my glory and my fame, and it was all for my benefit. And he says this about that stuff. He says, I once thought those things were valuable. They were my life, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. What he is saying is that I took all those accomplished, all, all those trophies, and I burned them to the ground. Being a disciple, being a follower, Jesus, being a Christian, whatever you want to call it, it's more than just praying a prayer. It's more than just asking God to forgive you. It's taking yourself off of the throne of your life and putting and asking Jesus to sit in the place where you once reigned. So simply put today, I believe God is asking every single one of us, to burn that ship, the ship called self-importance. It takes denying yourself. 
It's exactly what Jesus says in Matthew 16. It takes denying yourself. So how do you do that? I got a couple ways that you can do that, to burn that ship called self-importance and deny yourself. First is this. You got to stop feeding your ego. You got to stop feeding your ego, right? You know what ego is? Ego is where the world revolves around me, you know? I mean, everybody talks about that, that, that um, someone that's all about themselves, they think the world revolves um, around them. But let me tell you, today, the world does not revolve around you at all. And if you're a believer in Christ, let me say something even more profound. Your world doesn't even revolve around you. It revolves around Jesus. It has to. You got to kill that ego where life is all about you. It is about someone greater than you. Colossians 3.3 says that you have died to this life and your, your real life is now hidden with Christ and God. That's, that's what it's saying there, that you, your old life is gone. You've burned that old life and now your life is lived for him. You got to stop feeding your ego. Another thing we have to do is we have to get off the fence. You know, the, the phrase of someone uh, sitting on the fence. When you're partly all in and kind of not, and you're just trying to weigh the odds and see what, see what happens. And Jesus says, you can't straddle the fence when it comes to following me. Straddle the fence is dangerous, isn't it? I mean, guys in this room, you ever accidentally straddled the fence? You know how dangerous and, and, and uncomfortable that can be, right? Hudson Taylor, who was a missionary to China, he said this is a really profound statement. He says this, if Jesus is not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all in your life. If Jesus is not Lord of all, then he is not Lord at all. So how do you go from being partly devoted to Jesus to being fully devoted to Jesus? How do you, how do you stop straddling the fence? Well, Hebrews 12 teaches us, says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Hey, let's, let's run this Christian life, this life devoted to God. How do we do that? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. If you want to know how to be fully devoted, you got to focus on him. Your eyes have to be focused on Jesus. And the moment that your eyes lose focus from Jesus and begin to focus on something else, your own ego, life being all about yourself, what's going to happen is, is that all of this we've been talking about is not going to make sense anymore. The idea of self-denial, the, the idea of getting rid of selfishness, it's going to feel weird to you and foreign. It's exactly what the world looks at Christians and say, why do you do that? Why do you give up so much for him? That is backwards and weird. The reason we do that is because our eyes are focused on Jesus. We're not sitting on the fence. We are fully devoted. I believe Jesus is asking you to be fully devoted disciples today. The very first disciples are a great example. When Jesus said, follow me, you know what they did? They left their nets at once and they followed him. They gave up everything. That was their livelihood. That's how they fed their family. That's what men in this room, that's what gave them purpose, like their, their, their occupation, right? It was their retirement plan. It was everything. And it says that they left their nets at once immediately and they surrendered their lives to him. 
When you burn the ship of self-importance, what happens is Jesus becomes your Lord. When you burn the ship of self-importance, you give him control. You give him control of your mind. You give him control of your body, of your mouth, the thoughts that you have. You give him control of your marriage and your family and your kids and their future and your career, your possessions, your money, the dreams you have. You say, they're all yours. When you burn the ship of self-importance, what happens is, is all of a sudden now you're willing to sacrifice so much. You sacrifice your time. You sacrifice your, your energy, your reputation, your comfort. We hate to sacrifice our comfort, but when Jesus is fully God and he's fully sitting on the throne of our lives, we're willing to give up those things. In fact, the ultimate way that happens in some people's lives is they give up their very life for him. In fact, in Mark chapter 10, Peter and the disciples are hanging around Jesus and they're a little concerned about about some things personally for themselves. And And Peter says this, kind of maybe speaking on their behalf. They might have been like, hey, Peter, you know, say this. Ask Jesus this. He's like, I don't want to do that. And he finally gets a, uh, the nerve and says, we've given up everything to follow you. He makes this statement. Now, it's, I think this is more than a statement. I think this is actually a plea from Peter, from the disciples to Jesus, saying this, we've given up so much. Will you take care of us? That's what he's saying. And the truth this morning is that God will. He will take care of us. When we fully devote our lives to him, he will take care of us. He promises us this. In fact, let me show you this and finish with this. In Isaiah chapter 41, God says this to you. For I hold you by your right hand. I've got you. I, the Lord, not just God, but your God, And I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help. That's what God is saying, speaking to us right now. Because I'm telling you what, it's so difficult to be fully devoted to God. Because we want to hold on to a little bit of control. The truth is, is that most of us, even myself, at times, we don't trust God fully because we don't believe that he is going to deliver. We don't give him everything in our lives. We don't live open-handedly because, honestly, it's all about us. We have not burned the ship of self-importance. And if you want to be fully devoted to God, you got to do that. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, it's not about just praying a prayer. It's about saying, Jesus, everything I have is yours. My life is yours. That's the challenge this morning for us to think about what are the ships in our life that we need to burn so we can say, God, I'm all in. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for every single person here. I thank you for everyone that's watching online right now. Lord, I just pause and say, if there's anyone listening who does not have a relationship with you, I pray, Lord, before they think about what all this means, I pray, Lord, that they would be convicted of their sin. They would trust in you, Jesus the perfect Savior who died on the cross to save them for their sins, who rose from the grave to conquer sin and death on their behalf. I pray, Lord, that they would trust in you today. And they would say, God, my life is yours. 
I pray for every single person in here that, that says, hey, I'm, I'm a Christ follower. My life is fully devoted to him. And I pray that is true. And God, I pray you convict us in the places where our lives are not fully devoted, where we are straddling the fence, where we're not really sure if you're going to come through. We're not really sure if you can handle it and take care of everything. And so we only trust in ourselves. We're trying to share the throne in our lives with you. And Lord, we need to fully get off of it and invite you to sit on your throne in our lives. God, I pray you'd help us to to burn that ship of self-importance. It's so hard because that is who we are. We think everything revolves around us, but there is a greater calling in our lives. And Jesus, it is you. Help us, God, to be fully devoted. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Central is a Jesus-centered and people-focused church. And I know this is true because what we're doing is not about ourselves. It's about giving glory to God and saying to him, use us, we're available. We're standing here ready and open-handed, God. We want to be a part of lives being changed. Central has been a big part of our journey just in in times that were rough uh, because Central has been there. And the people of Central have been the hands and feet of Jesus, um, whether it was uh, my mom passing or uh, AJ's uh, health with COVID and scary times like that. um, Central has just always been there. These people here get to walk through our life together, you know, through the valleys, through the peaks. We celebrate together. We cry together. we all just do live together, which is, which is awesome. It's one of the best things I, I enjoy about Central. Uh, we love Central because it feels like family to us. You've been around as long as we have. You go through a lot of life events, and it's just everyone's always walked through those with us. Things like that, you can't really put into words what it means to you. Central's like a second home to us and to our kids. They always want to be here. So there are some people that uh, really have meant a lot in our lives. And uh, when my mom passed away, they were there for me. And uh, I love the people of Central. All right, the impact this church has had on our family. Uh, we've had three of our four kids have found Christ here. Um, that's, been, that's been pretty amazing. One of the things that uh, has impacted my life is that the love they knew about you they didn't care what your past was, but it's like family, they love you. You know, they know all about you, but you know, they still love you anyway. I believe God has put in the heart of this congregation two things. First, a spirit of trust. We can trust God in this moment. He has changed our lives. He has sustained us and healed us and, and brought new life. We say this at Central, that God is up to something. And so with wisdom, we're going to run at full speed into this new future that God has for us. And we can trust Him. And second is this, God has put in us a spirit of urgency that we can't just play church anymore or just talk about being on mission for Christ. We have to be willing to change and actually be a church that is living for Christ, loving others and making disciples. And it has to happen now because we are surrounded by a community that is filled with young families who are looking for hope and purpose in this life.
Listen, our pastor has given us a great vision for our church, and I think it's really important that we grab onto that vision. And I think part of it is is this made for more campaign. What, what an incredible opportunity that we have to participate in something that can have literally a huge impact on our community. So I definitely see a need for this building project. Uh, as someone who does children's church once a month, we are bursting at the seams back there. I wish you all could see just what little room we have for all those little bodies who are worshiping Jesus. And we just need an adequate space for them and a place where families feel comfortable leaving their kids with us every week. We're in a good place. Uh, the, the foundation for what we're doing is there. And so what we're up against is the opportunity to either slide back or to go forward. And Made for More allows us to move forward as a church to do the things we're here to do. If you want to be where God's doing things, Central is the place to be. Whatever's going to be done with this campaign is going to last well beyond any of us. Man, we're given a, the greatest example, right, um, in Christ and what he did on the cross. And if you think about the people he even called uh, to his ministry during that time, what they had to give up, they'd give up families, give up their jobs, give up everything that they know true and dear to be part of something bigger. To me, that's what sacrificial giving is, is to lay down what is near and dear to you and give out of the spirit of being a disciple of Christ. God has given us a, a vision to reach our community and Made For More is our opportunity to fund this new vision that God has for us. This is our moment to be a part of God's work in shaping people's lives and sharing with them the hope that is found in Christ. We're doing this because people matter and raising up the next generation to live for Christ matters. And I believe God is going to do through us far more than we could ever imagine. And we're going to give him the glory. Well, church, to, today is a moment to be fully devoted to him, a moment to get off the fence like we've been talking about, to say we're all going, we aren't going back, right? We're burning our ships, and we're moving forward the way that God wants to, to use us. You know, God's, God's vision for our church is a big one, and uh, depending on several different factors, it will cost a lot, up to $7 million dollars to do what we believe God has called us to do. And so we realize that that is a lot, and it's probably going to take multiple campaigns. It's going to take several phases uh, over many years. It's going to be slow, slow process. It's going to be drawn out. And so what we did is we put up some, some conservative campaign goals that um, we believe that we can handle. Uh, church is our size. This is what, this is what they're doing. For the next, for, excuse me, for the next three years to be able to, to give sacrificially of $1.2 million, $1.7 million, um, and then a top goal of, of $2.2 million. And we have put that out there, and God has just laughed at that. In fact, I'd say God is, he's notorious for taking our plans, laughing at them, and saying, watch this. You know, God is, he's really been working um, in our families. And through many of our church leaders, um, they've already stepped up. And, 
and said, we're all in. And we want to be a part of leading the way and doing what God has called us to do. And so I want to announce to you today that we have give, they have, uh, they've given us some early commitments over the next three years. Um, a total of $2,952,000. I don't know what to say. I will say this. I say it every week because I truly believe that God is up to something here. And he's going to get the glory, isn't he? And what he's done is he's, he's taken our plans, and I thought our plans were great. And he's taken them and just kind of flipped them upside down. And he's given us an opportunity to do all of this now. And maybe even faster than we ever imagined that we were going to be able to do. And it's all for his glory like we've been talking about. And so here's my, my question to you. Will you join us? Will you join us in this room? If you're watching online today, will you join us? You see, it's not about the money. It's not about the amount of money because God's going to do what he's going to do. It's about God's glory through our unity of us all saying, in whatever capacity we can, we are all in. And I believe God has been speaking in the lives of every single family who calls Central Home. And so together, I believe it's time for us to, to make our financial commitments to the Made for More um, Capital Campaign. Now, these commitments, like I've said, are what you believe God is calling you to do above and beyond your regular tithe for the next three years. And so I want to invite some of our guys that are help, here to help us. They're going to pass out um, some cards. And I'm going to explain what we're going to do um, in this next moment. I believe that there are <clears throat> some different people here who uh, are prepared to, to make commitments. And so these guys are going to pass out these envelopes. In fact, I've got one right up here. Um, inside are these commitment cards. You can see them on the screen right here. And at the very bottom of this commitment card, it says something. I want to make sure that you read it. It says this. This is a statement of intent, and it may be altered as circumstances warrant. Because we all know that within the next three years, life will happen. You know, sometimes life will happen in the negative and sometimes life happens in the positive. But this is you saying right now, this is what we believe God is calling us to do over the next three years. So I want to invite every single person to take one of these. Whether you call Central Home or not, I want you to go and grab one of these. We're all going to be a part of just hanging on to it and looking at it for just a second. They're passing those out. Make sure everybody gets one of those. If you have any extras on, on the rows, you can just stick them in the, the seat back in front of you and we'll collect those up later. But there are three different groups of people in this room. I believe there's some people who are, I see you, they're your leaders here at Central and, and you've already made an early commitment and you guys know what we're asking you to do because we talked about it before, but I wanna invite you to make sure you fill one of these out as well because I want you to be a part of this moment. So if you've already made a commitment, you've already turned one of these in, I want you to go ahead and re uh, fill one of those out with your name and where it says the dollar amount just write same real simple the people who do see this and I'll never see any of these the people who do see this they'll know exactly what that means you know and if, if God has already 
changing your heart about what you committed to last week or the week before, man, just, just fix it. They'll, they'll understand um, that as well. I also believe there's another group of people in this room that, that uh, you're just not ready. And that's okay. Like God speaks to us in different timing. And so if you're not ready, I don't want to push you to do anything that God is not calling you to do. So if you're not ready, hey, just take it, put it in your purse, put it in your back pocket. Just take it home and pray about it with your family this week. We'll have, a, we'll have about two weeks for us to turn these in. You can turn it in even next week during, our, our, during Mother's Day in one of the black boxes. You can do that if you're not ready to do that. But I believe there are some people here who are ready to make their commitment. And so I want to invite you to, to take a pen that's in the, the, the seat back in front of you and go ahead and fill out what you believe God is calling you to give and make that commitment here right now. In fact, we're going to give you some space to do that. And if you're online right now and you say, hey, I want to be a part of this, go on our website, cbcowasso.org, and you'll find the Made for More logo. Click on that, and you can give digitally that way as well. And we're going to give you some time to pray about it together as a family, to talk about it. So the band is up here, and Rylan's going to lead us in a song called Fully Devoted. And as you fill this out, I want to ask you as a family, just, you know, if you're there individually, just to pray. Pray over this, and then I'll instruct you when we finish about what to do next.
you to do if you've made that commitment just uh just pass it back down the row that where, where it came from and we have our, our guys going to come and collect those just throw them in the bucket if you're still praying about it, it's awesome once you do what god's calling you to do these guys have these buckets and they'll, they'll collect those um real quick and uh they're going to bring them up to the front and we're gonna we're gonna put them all in in this container let me just say, in this container is all the early commitments. Everybody from the first service, this thing's heavy. God is up to something. And I thank you for being a part of it. So whenever you guys get those, you can bring them up here. We're going to have a time of prayer here in just a second. And I want to invite you back in two weeks. We're going to have a celebration Sunday. We're going to see the total, the grand total of everything that everybody here at Central is committing to give. And we're going to celebrate and have our first fruits offering. It's going to be the beginning of the giving period, the beginning of those three years. And I truly believe God is going to do something incredible. So here's how I would like to end the service. It's going to be a little bit different. I invite you guys to stand for a second. And uh, if you are able, would you come join me up here? Come on. Y'all come on up here. And we're going to have a moment, a time of prayer over, over these commitments. And we're going to pray to God some big prayers. Teenagers, y'all come on, y'all get on up here. Get in the lights, let's go. Y'all come up here with me. incredible in this church 
We can never forget all the lives that you've changed and the unity that you have brought and the vision that you have given us. And so, Lord, we want to run fully devoted to you. God, we want to trust you. We want to live open-handed lives. Why do we ever doubt you? Why? You've always been faithful. You provide when we need. And you allow us the opportunity to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And so, Lord, I just pray, maybe this is a selfish prayer, Lord, but I just pray for every card that's in here right now and the ones that will come, I pray, Lord, that you would bless these families. Lord, they would make more money than they ever have. I pray, Lord, that you would help their businesses You would help contracts. You would help them make wise financial decisions. I pray, Lord, that their cars would last longer than they were supposed to. I pray if they're selling their house that they would get more money than they ever dreamed of. And Lord, that we would live open-handed lives for you. And as we trust you and, and give sacrificially, we pray, God, that you just bless our families so we can continue to give and maybe even give more than what we have committed to doing. But God, even more than that, um, I just thank you in advance for kids who are going to hear the name of Jesus for the first time in the new kids building. who are going to trust in you and say yes to Jesus. I pray for every family that's gonna walk into our new lobby space. You're gonna sit down with a, a church member and have deep conversations. I pray for families who are gonna drive by who are struggling and hurting and looking for hope and, and truth in this life and not knowing where to turn. And I, I pray that they would just glance and see Central, and say, what is going on there? I want to be a part of that. God, I thank you that you've given us this desire to be mobilized for the gospel. It's not about us. Man, it's not about us. It is about your kingdom, your glory. It's about people who are far from you being saved, that we would fill up heaven and not spend our lives on ourselves, but we'd be filled up vessels that continually pour ourselves out for you. So God, use us in a mighty way. Go before us. Pave the way. We're humbled and we're thankful. We are on our knees saying we are nothing and you are everything. So God, get the glory for this and for everything you're going to do. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, guys, I want to invite you to do something. Some of you guys have already done this, but if you haven't done this yet, when we leave, we have a celebration right out there in the Central Hub. A lot of ladies worked a ton of hours getting that ready to, to celebrate what um, God is already doing. And so we want you guys to go out there and hang out and have, have a good time. There's some refreshments and things out there for you. Um, let's join them. Let's join what God is doing. He is up to something here at Central. And I love you, and I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm humbled. (laughs) I don't have words to say. So 
thank you. So let's end our service like we always do by saying our purpose statement. Let's say it loud and proud together while you guys are up here at the front with me. That here at Central Baptist Church, we exist to live for Christ, love people, make disciples. Thank you guys. See you all next time.